Are you wondering how you can build your business from zero to hero? Are you having a bit of a difficult time picking yourself up from what has been a tough time in the marketplace? Or perhaps you're a regional agent struggling to find the right marketing strategies that really work for you in your marketplace. Or perhaps you're an agent who truly wants to build that celebrity profile and elevate and build an attraction business. If the answer is yes to any of these questions, then today's episode is the one for you. Today, I'm going to be interviewing two powerhouse agents, Jane Caulfield from Fletcher's in Melbourne and Karen Champ from Bob Berry Real Estate in Dubbo. And they've built unbelievable businesses and they truly have leveraged their businesses and built celebrity profiles in their own marketplaces. Hello, and welcome to episode 12 of the Build Your Best Life video podcast series. I'm your host, Sherry Storer. I'm a hardworking real estate agent and a sales coach. Now, it's my mantra to build your best life, and I have been doing exactly this. And throughout this podcast series, you'll learn how you can grow and build your own GCI, gross commission income, your revenue and your profit by implementing tried and tested systems and structures. You'll also learn how you can grow and build your own team, agencies and EBU, and how you can truly kind of revolutionize and and harness your real estate career in order to build your best life and that financial freedom that we've all been dreaming of. So if this is the life that you want to live, Make sure that you do subscribe to this podcast so you get notified every single Tuesday when the episodes go live. Now, in addition to working with a select number of agents and agencies all around Australasia, I also have the Build Your Best Life coaching program. Now, this is a program that runs quarterly, but essentially comes with a series of webinars, Ask Me Anything coaching forums, and also a success manual, which will totally revolutionize your career. Now, in this success manual, it has a series of templates that run quarterly, monthly, weekly, and daily. And if you want to get an idea for what some of these templates are, you know, all you need to do is go to my website because as part of this podcast series, I'm giving away a freebie. Now, this particular freebie, essentially, it helps you calculate and track your goals. So what we want to do is we want to work out your gross commission income, your GCI that you want to achieve in that quarter. Now, this particular program will then work out and personalize for you how many properties you need to sell, how many properties you need to list, and how many listing presentations you need to go on. So let me tell you, if you want to get this freebie, and let's face it, who doesn't love a freebie, head to my website, go to sherrystora.com forward slash level up to download this Excel spreadsheet and you can start leveling up today. Now, this podcast simply would not be possible without my amazing sponsor, ListReady. So if you haven't heard of them, go and check out the website, listready.com.au. But I have to say they are Australia's leading finance option when it comes to VPA. And I know that they've got a few options now that are rolling out for investors and for rental properties. So go and check them out. Now, I'd love to introduce you to today's speakers, and I have two powerhouse agents, two powerhouse women that I would love to introduce you to. Firstly, we have Jane Caulfield. Now, Jane is a lead agent for Fletcher's in Canterbury in Melbourne. She is one of my one-on-one coaching clients, and last year, she finished up her time at Noel Jones, where she was awarded three massive awards, one of which was the most outstanding salesperson. She lives in Ringwood North with her husband. In fact, she's a newlywed with Jimmy and her three children who are now in her uh, in their early 20s. 
We also have Karen Chant. Now, Karen is a lead salesperson with Bob Berry Real Estate in, in Dubbo. She's a licensed real estate agent, but on top of that, she also is a stock and station agent. She's one of my coaching clients and she has achieved the highest number of sales, highest total sales volumes, and the most amount of recommendations in Dubbo. She has three children and she lives with her husband in Dubbo. Please welcome to our show, Jane Caulfield and Karen Chant. Ladies, welcome to the Build Your Best Life video podcast. I'm so incredibly excited to have you here. Thanks so much for having us. Wow, we're really excited to be here. Absolutely. <laughs> Thrilled to be here. Thank you. Now, I think why I'm so incredibly pumped is not just for the reason that you guys are, you know, my one-on-one -on -one coaching clients and as part of your journey, I guess we've gotten so close and I love both of you also very much. In fact, we were just talking about that before the show started, but I think both of your stories are incredibly important and very, very relevant. And I think that there's so much in it that every agent can really relate to. So today we're going to talk a little bit about your careers and the past of what has actually taken you and gotten you to where you are today. And then really um, a little later in the show, we're going to be talking about implementing skill set and systems and structures. So Jane, I, um, I want to sort of talk about how we originally met and I'm not sure, well, I'm sure you remember, originally we sort of met a couple of years ago now and yes. I gave a keynote presentation in Melbourne um, for Noel Jones and Great. talking with all, all of the agents. And at that particular time, I remember after the session, you came up and introduced yourself, which was magical, thank you. And then you called me when I was in the airport. And I remember it so vividly, I was sitting in Qantas Club and getting ready to board my flight to Brizzy, but we were just caught up in kind of this, this chat and this conversation. Do you remember this? I do, I do <laughs> remember it. And I remember, when we were sort of um, chatting, I was thinking, look, you sound like such a remarkable, amazing woman, but I don't know that I'm the coach for you. And part of that really led me to the fact that you were saying, look, I, you currently don't have any listings. And I'm thinking, well, look, you know, perhaps one of my other programs might be better than the, than the one-on-one. Yes. But then you kind of started telling me your story and how you just had some time off, but how you're totally determined to get back up there and to make it make it happen. So, yes. you know, you totally won me over and we began working, working together. So let's talk a little bit about this journey and how you got to that point of basically starting back from scratch again. Okay. Um, I think I'd been doing sales for a, a couple of years. And when I first started, I really hit the ground running. I was just going for it, prospecting, working really, really, really hard. And I got, because I was working a territory, I got traction very quickly. And then unfortunately, in life, stuff happens. And that stuff happened. It was going towards the end of spring. It was at the, that cusp of October, November, and I had three phone calls within 10 days, which was my father and my two dearest, closest, bestest friends were all diagnosed with cancer. So it rocked me and I met my responsibilities to my vendors. I got the property sold and then took some time off. Uh, that would have been mid-December and sort of came back towards the end of January, early Feb the next year, and I had a final inspection and broke my ankle. 
<laughs> bad luck, bad luck. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. And it was a beautiful house, um, absolutely amazing house and a, a beautiful vendor and it was very embarrassing and terrible as I was lying there like a beach whale. But that's enough of that. I won't go into that. And anyway, I broke my ankle and unfortunately I was in a boot and for quite a while. Um, and being in a boot went for longer because I insisted that I was invincible and went back to work and was walking and doing everything that I shouldn't have done. So essentially from that time when I stopped working up until the middle of the year, um, when I started working to, with you, which was the 1st of July, I had no listings because walking around in a moon boot no one wanted to list with me even though I had relationships with people and I totally understand this you know I you want someone to be there 100% not 90 so it was a really tough time for me but a gift in that I started to question how I did real estate and after meeting you and listening to you you were what I was looking for simply because what I'd been doing was very male oriented. I was coming from this space of, of male energy and I just, I wanted to find me and I wanted to connect with a mentor who was heart-based like I am because I felt like a fraud. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. And I have to say, you know, I work with a lot of women who probably, you know, feel exactly the same as you do. But I also work with a lot of men who want soften and actually what um, is being practiced, I guess, w kind of more widely within the industry just doesn't feel real and authentic for them. But, you know, prior to, you know, to the, having this time off and not having any listings, you had actually performed incredibly well. And the previous year, you'd written over 500K in GCI. So just under. Just, just under. under. Just under. So, I kept going just under, just under. <laughs> it was killing me. Just under. So essentially, we kind of got to work and it was one listing. And one listing is essentially all it took to kind of get everything back on board. And we're going to talk, <laughs> talk about this a little bit later on. But it was that one listing that basically got you more sales on the board and you became number one for that business for, for Noel Jones at that time. But look, as I said, a little bit later on, on this sort okay. of shortly. So Karen, we began working together and I'm not even sure how you heard about me actually. I just remember you sent me an inquiry through the website and I remember having this really in-depth conversation with you two over the phone because, you know, again, most of my agents aren't in the same location as kind of me. But I remember that first conversation and our first um, sit down and do diligence working on your business. And I think we both would agree. And we said this yesterday, we <laughs> fell totally and utterly madly in love with each other. Yeah, and absolutely. I'll never forget. That was probably one of my most fun sort of um, sessions because it was so, you were so honest and so real. And, uh, you know, I thank you for that. But, you know, I guess I wanted to um, talk about your journey and what took you to that point, I guess, of, um, of making the decision to, to call. Yes, well, um, I've been in the industry on and off for over 33 years now, so um, don't do, do the calculations, but <laughs> <laughs> I've been around for a while, so, but only in sales full-time since 2011. So in 2014, 2015, I was a top agent in Dubbo, which was great. So I moved up very quickly, which was fantastic, but I was just finding in 2015 
I was burnt out. Um, I didn't have an assistant. I was, anyway, I think a lot of us can all relate to that feeling. You're just running and running and running. Everything just became too hard. I felt overwhelmed and I just had enough. So I actually resigned. Um, I had a great career. I was um, developing obviously a database of clients and things like that, but it was just all too much. I just didn't want to work that way. So I left. Um, and I actually went and worked with Crown Lands as a supervisor, which was fantastic. Great group of people. Um, learned a lot there too, obviously. But then during that entire year, Bob Berry, who was my owner and principal and manager from the previous business where I'd worked on and off all these years, um, kept meeting with me and trying to encourage me back and then offered me a share in the business. And in the end, it was just too good to refuse. So I started back in 2016 and then, of course, quickly then built up my work again to the point in 2018, I had a number of issues going on. And I can remember I somehow found you on Instagram. I'm not sure how it actually happened, but you came to me on Instagram and I just kept looking at all these build your best life posts. And I was just reading it going, I just want to build my best life. <laughs> And um, so I sent you a message and then we connected and you just helped me get out of a really bad place at that particular point. So you look, you made such a difference to both my business and my personal life. Um, so I'm, I'm forever grateful. You're so beautiful. Me too, darling. I, I love working with you. But I think, um, you know, what's really interesting, I, I feel, is that, you know, it's not often that someone will stay with the one business pretty much their whole career. I mean, that's really saying something. And as you mentioned, you became a director in the business. Um, and then, you know, most recently, you've kind of sold your shares and you've converted back into becoming, you know, a lead agent without the responsibility of running an office. Tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, so I um, hit the ground running in 2016 in July, or August actually started back once we'd taken over the business. And of course, there were four other owners or directors, so five of us all together, and all had our allocated responsibilities. So that was um, an extra workload, like with compliance and human resources and things like that for me. And then just became super busy again with sales, which was fantastic. And I, I mean, obviously we do this because we love it. And particularly when we keep going back to it, we know that it's something that we're meant to be doing, but then just trying to control the monster because it ends up sometimes getting out of control. So um, at the end of 2017, I had uh, major surgery and I was quite stressed going into that, not about the operation, just with work and the workload and things like that, just wasn't looking after myself, um, moved into 2018 and then I became seriously ill um, following that operation and I was ill for nine months. Um, I was very silly, I continued to work, I just felt like I had an obligation to my clients, um, to the new business and to the other directors. So just kept, you know, we pushed through it, pushed through it, kept pushing through it and yeah. And then at that time, that was in um, July or June, I think I connected with you in 2018. I was still sick at that particular point. I was also having um, some issues at home with one of my children. And then of course I decided to renovate a house and do everything else that we do <laughs> when we really should be just looking after ourselves. So um, we then started working together in July, 2018. And that's when I really probably started working towards making some changes, um, in my personal and my business life. 
I then, you encouraged me to actually take time off because I hadn't been doing that and hadn't been giving myself a good holiday. So I took a whole month off in October, 2018 and went to Peru with a, with a girlfriend and had a great time. And just having that time and space just brought the awareness to me that I really wasn't living my best life and I wasn't living how I wanted to. And I didn't have time to dedicate to those people that really mattered outside of my life. So I came back, um, I was well by that stage. I, um, it was about a week before I left that I got the all clear. So I came back and spoke with the directors and just said, look, as you know, I've been really sick all year. It's been a massive year. Um, I really just want to take a step back. I've really had a big think about things. I'm happy to transition however you want. I'd love to stay on in the business. Um, I want to help as much as I can. And fortunately they were really understanding and, um, so we worked towards the sale of my share to them. That happened in July last year. So I'm still there. Um, it's like my family. We all have our ups and our downs as we do in every family, but um, it's like my family. Bob Berry, um, he was my long-term mentor and he still is to me and he's like a father figure to me. So I'm really, really lucky to have had that experience and that learning under him initially. Mm. And since that, I mean, you have now really been able to just focus wholly and solely on your on your sales, and you. I know that you have been sort of busier than ever before as a, as a result of it in terms of actually listing and selling. Correct? Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. right. When I really looked at it, I thought at the time um, that I was putting in being a director, I knew that if I put that time into my sales work, that I'd certainly make up for that lost income. So. I think it's one of those things, uh, a lot of people think initially that, yes, that's my goal. I want to own an agency or I want to be a director or a, a part owner. But the thing is, if you own an agency outright, I look, I really admire those lead agents who are also um, one, like the only owner in an agency. They, their workload <laughs> must be incredible and they yes. must have a great team around them to be able to do that. Um, and likewise, when you're working with a number of other owners, obviously there's differing opinions. Um, there's still, you have to pull your weight. You have to um, do your work, share of the workload as well. So um, yes, you do obviously, hopefully get an income for, as being an owner and a director in a, in a real estate agency. But also I think if you're doing really well with your sales, you can earn just as much money and possibly even more because you have more time to dedicate to that and plus time to give to yourself, to actually have some time off so you can rest, recuperate. And like me, just give yourself time to be able to see the bigger picture. Mm. Look, I think this is really powerful because in our industry as salespeople, we kind of all kind of aspire to, to owning our own agencies or becoming directors of the businesses that we work for work with but it's not always necessarily what's right for us and I think it actually takes real courage and I really admire you for this the fact that you actually said actually hang on I'm not sure that this is actually what I want in my life and you know I also you know really quite admire the people in in Bob Berry who mm. actually acknowledged that and instead of you having to go and work for another agency said no look let's actually make this work we want to continue the relationship in the business and we love having you here and and move forward and I think it's a really important um, message to to share because sometimes we do get caught up in this more greater bigger better kind of world and 
I guess there's two reasons why I really wanted to, you know, interview the both of you and the both of you together. And that is the fact that you both are really great at leveraging your listings and your results. And you've also done a really great job of building your own celebrity profile and a brand within the brand of the businesses that you work with. So I guess the reason why we've kind of done this is because we want to kind of almost annihilate those kind of traditional forms of prospecting and do what actually makes more sense and what makes us, you know, more listings and more sales and really amplify that. So Jane, let's rewind back to that time when you only had one listing. Yes. And let's say, because really, as we talked about, it was that one listing that took you to them becoming number one at, at Noel Jones, which was huge. And, and you're obviously now working for Fletcher's, but let's talk back about this particular time. So what is it that you actually did with that one lev- listing that you then leveraged? Let's talk about it. Worked my butt off. <laughs> <laughs> you sure did. Um, essentially, I just followed your processes that you taught me to do. So basically, one of the things, I had my database really tight for the area that I worked in because I work a, a, a territory. And so I just ensured that everybody knew about the sale. So there would be SMSs, there would be um, SMSs, there'd be emails, there'd be drops going out and and phone calls. So I'd call the street and let them know and ask them if they'd like to know the results. So I've got a great belief in give, give twice before I ask for any business. So give, give information, then ask for the business once or, and of course you've got to read, read the play of each person, but give, give. So it's always about providing information, providing a service to my clientele and to my area. So essentially I just, in through SMS, through emails, through phone calls, through drops, Everybody knew about this listing and invited them, you know, would you like to know about the result? Um, in, throughout the process, so just listed, under offer, just sold. The other thing that I did was um, prior to prior to settlement, uh, a week or 10 days before, a letter would go out and it would be very personalised um, to the street or the surrounding area just to let you know you've got a new neighbour moving in, you know, John and Shelley will be moving in, you know, you might like to welcome them. Um, if there's anything else you'd like to know, you know, feel free to reach out. So I was very much grounding myself as the go-to person and the expert in the area that already seen my face before because I'd been doing well prior to that, what, six, eight months that I had off. Although it's quite interesting how people forget quickly unless you remind them. Exactly. You know, you've got to keep reminding them, reminding them, <laughs> hi, I'm here and, and just providing that service. And from that, it was really interesting because that first listing, I think that was in Arnott Street in Montalbert North. Um, since then, I think I've sold three houses in Arnott Street, Montalbert North, and they've all called me when they were going to sell. So it's just, Love that. you know, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a few streets in the area that, um, that I've been quite blessed with. So that was sort of my philosophy and it was just following the processes that you taught me to do. So yeah, yeah, it worked. 
Well, it sure, it sure does work. I think you're a great testament to, to this. I mean, it's easy for me to say I know it works, but it's actually, you know, the proof is in the, in the pudding. And I think you're an yes. exceptional example of literally going from zero to hero. So I think, you know, just, just breaking this down, there's really good content in what you've just given us. The first part there, I think, is talking about, you know, giving information and having this mindset instead of just asking for a listing, which is unfortunately what most agents do. It's coming down to the mindset of, okay, well, I'm just calling you because I want to list your house. But actually, that's not what this system is all about. It's actually around, hey, what service can I give to you? Hey, you want to know about your new neighbours that are moving in? Let me tell you all about them. So it's actually providing that kind of, you know, community environment. And only yes. then at the end, you know, can you actually then ask for business because you're, you've actually edified yourself and you've actually, you know, um, you're, you're worth it then. So yes. I think that's really, really powerful. And I think the number of letters and the consistency of the letters is also important you've talked about you know a couple of them there but essentially you need to send out the just listed the you know auction invite the under contract the sold and then the prospecting letter so i think that's key sms as you also talked about there. yeah in conjunction with that so it's a timing it's a process so it's it's a uh, the sms's the the phone calls it's all timing so that it's not all at once it's sort of a day a couple of days apart so it's just follow up and it's just touch point touch point touch point so that you become a familiar name and the way if it's personalized the dialogue that we use it's personalized it's almost like you become a friend it's really weird when you go down the street and people say hi jane and you go oh <laughs> you don't know who they are. Well, that's essentially because you do dominate the marketplace by dominating the letterbox, by dominating, you know, social media. I'm going to talk about this in a minute. And also, you know, dominating, you know, literally when people see you face to face. So, you know, talking about social media, one of the things that I saw that you embrace was, you know, working and doing the selfie videos. And, yes. you know, I talk with agents all over, you know, Australasia about doing selfie videos, but very few actually want to implement <laughs> them because we all hate doing it. I'm no different to anyone else. But <laughs> I remember you you embraced it. Initially, you know, you fought me on everything. Do you remember? You just didn't believe in anything that I said. Do you remember this? And then uh, it all started, everything that I was saying started to turn out right. You're just like, okay, I'll just do whatever you say. I just said, I, I remember it. I remember saying that going, okay, I'll just shut up from now on and I'll just do whatever you tell me to do. <laughs> You do do these selfie videos very well. And I even see them, you know, today. And it's a part of your process now when you're posting on social media, when you first list a property, you literally yes. get out your phone and you do a quick selfie video letting everybody know about the listing. So those people who under are 30 following, seconds. Yeah. Under 30 seconds. Under 30 seconds. Under 30 seconds. It's really it's all about keeping them engaged, right? Yes, yeah. um, under 30 seconds. So, yeah, when I first started doing them, I look back on them now and I go, oh, my goodness gracious, um, I have got better at them. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun and they get engagement and people just see it. And, again, it's providing information. So it's, you know, the mindset that I took on is that I'm providing service. If, you know, as soon as I felt like I was taking, I felt inauthentic. But when I felt like I was providing a service, you know, keeping people updated, I found it a lot easier to do. Yeah. And Jane, this is also something that you do and the system that you work in your business with leveraging listings, correct? Uh, yes, it is. It is. And just practicing being in front of the camera. Now on my all of my listings, I make sure that I push really hard 
um, really sell getting a deluxe video. And I've got to the point now where I think about it and plan it first. I've got a script in my head. I've got everything sort out, how I'm going to film it. And I kind of direct the camera as well. And I've been, I've been really happy with the last couple of months, some of the videos that I'm doing. And again, I have to say thank you to you for getting me comfortable in front of the camera. Oh, you're a, you're a natural. We all know that. You love it. <laughs> I do love it. <laughs> so, Karen, I mean, this is also a process that you work in your business with leveraging listings and sending out letters and, and SMSs and phone calls and so forth. Tell us about tell us about what it is that you do. So, there's definitely a before Sherry Karen and an after Sherry Karen. So. I can remember um, one of the first things you said, you said, okay, show me, let me just have a look at, I think it was our first um, coaching meeting. Let me have a look at your profiles. And then you're, oh, oh, that doesn't even look like you. So um, my, you, you got me immediately working on my brand. So my profiles and all the major portals, getting professional photos taken. Eventually we got um, a, a professional profile video done which I'm really happy with so that was the first thing and then of course then flowing that out onto Instagram Facebook LinkedIn Twitter so just really upping the ante with my social media um, look I'm still not completely happy with what I'm doing I just sometimes I look at it and just think it looks like a dog's breakfast <laughs> but, but Karen I have to interrupt you there because I think you are the <laughs> person who is never happy no matter how great everything is <laughs> <laughs> but the results have been have been pretty astounding and and you know we'll talk a little bit about building your profile and and how actively we kind of do that but yes I was I was subtle as a sledgehammer in that in that first meeting <laughs> you are correct <laughs> we'll talk about what I what I said to you but coming back into you know the letters and the sms's and the phone calls you know Talk us through, Jane's just given us basically the processes. Now, I know that your system is obviously relatively similar because it's the process that I have given you as well. But yep. how do you feel that this has really helped in your business, especially given the fact that, you know, days on market are a little bit, bit shorter in your part of the world? Yeah, so for me, it's what I've really been doing is just maximising the sale so or the sale result. Because it's with that that people can actually, it's like the case studies, they can see the results, they know it's happening. It's not just about a property being listed or that how many signs are up. It's actually how many are actually getting sold and the days on market. So my days on market at the moment are about half um, the median days on market in Dubbo, which is great. So pushing that through, if I sell an off market, anyone in my database who's looking for a, um, a seller who's looking for a property at that level. I even send them out a, an SMS just saying, hey, look, just wanted to keep you updated with the market. Just letting you know this latest sale at da 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 da. Um, if you're still looking, let me know. Because the thing is some of those uh, buyers are sellers themselves. So it's just a subtle way of, again, as Jane said, giving them information, helping them along their way, but also allowing them to see that I'm actually getting the results. So um, I'm actually, which may or may not be a good thing, but I'm selling about 30% of my properties off market now simply because I'm working on those results and those buyers, maximizing the listings. People, vendors are seeing that too. So we're so still putting up the sold signs and I'm still putting it on social media. I'm still getting that message out there of that 
that sale. So just trying to letterbox drop as many people as I can, SMS as many people as I can, talk to as many people as I can, particularly prospective vendors who live in the neighbourhood because it's important again for them to know exactly what's going on, how the procedure's working, how the system's working and, um, and, and just working through that way. So I think... Look, there's a lot of ways we can get leads, generate leads, generate sales. But once you find a system that works, I think we just have to keep working the system because otherwise we, what I do is because I'm an information junkie, I listen to a million podcasts and webinars and in the end you go, oh, I should be doing this. You jump to the next shiny object. When in fact, if anyone was using your 51 point checklist, which I know you are offering with these podcasts, if they download that and work to that, I just can't understand why they wouldn't be able to increase their business because <laughs> it works. Exactly right. And I think, you know, to me, it's just crazy that it's there for free and, yeah. you know, go get it, leverage yes. it. Yeah. But let's talk about this off market. And I'm so excited to, to hear you say about the 30% and the fact that 30% of your sales right now are off market. And it is a trend that we're seeing more and more. And, you know, I think that's because we're starting to really use and leverage our listings and utilize our database and our social media and having it all come together, which is a part of the process, instead of it just being all three sort of standalone kind of buckets. But, you know, off-market wasn't something that you did a lot of really two years ago, was it? No, not at all. So um, it wasn't even something that I could even think of starting. And I really think that that comes back to that I we just didn't work our database properly and we didn't have a clean database. So just even with your instructions with the targeted Facebook audiences, um, obviously having that clean data in our database, collecting all of that information and then using it. Um, it's nice just to have a database with all of the details in there, but if we actually don't use it, it's really not effective. So I, we're in constant contact with our, with our buyers and our sellers now, sending out the newsletters, um, sending out those SMSs, sending out the property updates, doing all of that. So then that way, when it does come time to those buyers making a decision to sell their property or those even current potential vendors making a decision that I'm the one that they'll actually pick up the phone and call. So it's and it's not hard like it's just a matter of doing it i think that's what a lot of people become overwhelmed with it and perhaps when they look at your 51 point checklist they're going to be going oh my god i don't do any of that this is all too hard but even if they just it's work a big on list. The, it is a big <laughs> list but once you get the systems going and get it all set up it's just it just becomes a habit so having said that i don't look i'm not perfect i'd like to say yes i'm doing it all perfectly there's certainly things that i miss now and then and particularly when I'm busy things get lost um, but I just know that I've got that to keep going back to to get back on track so if I do really want to build traction I just go back to that list and go okay I need to get back onto this. Awesome well said well that was a very good advertorial for me thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it was all from my heart let me say anyone who's out there is going to go oh that was so set up but it was. <laughs> thank you darling thank you. So, Jane, you know, one of the other really big learnings that I saw for you um, quite early in our time in working together was yes. that there was also somebody else who was working with you in your team. Yes. And, 
you know, it's really interesting because we know that in order to, you know, to get more of your time back and to, you know, basically be able to go away on holidays and to write more revenue, more GCI, we know that we need to have people in our businesses. But it's Correct. a matter of having the right people in the right roles at Correct. the right time. Now, you know, I've talked about uh, a lot about the EBUs in the last couple of podcasts, and it's something that I'll continue to talk about. It's one of the themes that are running right through this series. But you know, at the end of the day, the lead agent is the one who is really should be doing that dollar productive work. Now, this particular person who came on came on board and who worked with you was another dollar producing agent. So yes. take us to that time and take us to that learning and that journey and how it it cost you a lot of money in essence. It cost me a lot of money. It sounded like a really great idea at the time and the agent was lovely. I really, really liked him. Nothing and personal. Where I, Nothing personal. So where I worked in where I work in Melbourne, there's a, a big Chinese, you know, a, a, a big at that time a big chunk of our buyers, more than fifty percent were Chinese, and so I had the feeling, and 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 it was just coming out of the end of the up to you know the heat of the market in in Melbourne up to two thousand and twelve, and at that time the majority of the buyers were I'd say probably eighty percent of the buyers were Chinese, and everyone's wanting that Chinese dollars. So I had the mindset in the belief that I needed a Chinese partner, a male, older, a bit younger than me. And, and this was a lovely guy. Um, he had a very similar sort of demeanor to myself. We, we had a really good chemistry together in listing. And he, anyway, what basically what happened is dividing the workload um, in terms of admin really became quite difficult. And I found that I was doing the admin and still doing prospecting and still, and I was getting burnt out and and sharing so it wasn't actually increasing my income um, it was my income was decreasing because I think we had a 50 50 split is that correct is that what we were doing 50, I think 50. you were 50 50 at that time 50 50 something like that and so it just wasn't yeah it wasn't financially viable although because I liked this person so much it was very hard I had a sense of obligation and I really wanted to make it work but I had to have my eyes open because I'm heart-based as well and I, I really want to help everyone um, you know I, I didn't want to let him go I didn't want to break the the partnership that we had but in order for me to get where I wanted to go you made it very clear and I, and I see it now to you know to get a PA <laughs> which I did <laughs> but I think you know this is such an important story and part of your journey because I think, you know, we hear a lot about we just need to make more sales. Well, sometimes making more sales is not actually going to end up making you more money. And Correct. what ends up happening is that, yes, you might be listing more, but there's a trail behind you and you're not selling through them and you're not leveraging and taking advantage of the opportunity. And in fact, you're actually no. burning people, burning buyers and burning sellers. Correct. And the best person in, you know, in your business to actually make the phone calls and get face to face with people is actually you because you're the person who actually has the most amount of, ex of experience in this. So incredibly, incredibly powerful. And, you know, also to the, having that understanding of letting things go. I think that was the other thing that, you know, you quite like doing the paperwork, Karen, I know you're another one for this too. <laughs> and, you know, it was hard for you to kind of let this go and have the comfort 
of somebody else picking up the ball and rolling with it, which I know is something that you've you've taken care of now. But I think <laughs> secretly a perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> I think most agents are, to be frank, and we're also control freaks. So we're all we're all same same, um, same same but different. But, you know, I really did admire you in terms of how you did step up because it was very, very hard to have this conversation with somebody that you really loved, that you saw value in, but the reality was that it just wasn't a match um, for your business at that particular time and the right, you know, role at that time. So do you remember having that conversation and how difficult it was? And No, I've completely blanked it out. <laughs> <laughs> It was really difficult and I just followed your guidance because because I liked this person so much. I didn't want, it, it wasn't personal, but from the onset, the whole idea was about us working together and then getting a PA on and sharing, sharing the cost. But the irony is, is that we weren't generating enough income between the two of us to be able to, to do that. And so, and where I wanted to go with my business, I wasn't getting there. So I had to make a choice about me or or what. And so we, I, I think we just sat down and I tried to tell him, you know, this is not personal. Um, it's just something that I have to do for myself. Mm, and that's right. It, yeah, it's, it's, business, it's clearly a business decision. It's a business decision. It's something I've got to do for me, for where I want to go. And and took that leap of faith and, you know, the the obviously the responsibility of putting someone on full time and paying them and, and, you know, it's like standing on the cliff and free falling. <laughs> and I think what was also very interesting about this is that, you know, you wanted to be to come back and basically really kind of show the market who you were. And, yes. you know, as a direct result of that, you thought having a team would also improve your presence in the marketplace. And there was a little bit of ego around that. And so it was kind of hard to drop that, ego as well and eventually the dollars and cents kind of took over yeah. right i think for me i felt that i needed a chinese person um a chinese male there to make my business grow and i had to learn to trust myself mm. and my ability and the irony is is that when i sat down off i tend to list better when i'm in the room on my own anyway <laughs> we're going to talk about this in a moment because i also think that this is a really good story to to share actually yeah. So I, yeah, so it was, it was learning to trust in myself and you helped me to do that. So, yeah. So Karen, look, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about building your profile and, you know, going back to um, me being subtle as a sledgehammer <laughs> and I hope you don't mind me sharing, sharing this. I know um, I've done it in a webinar um prior to and thank you so much for your graciousness in, in this but I think it's really important because you know I always talk about the fact that we're stuck in the 80s and in terms of technology I think COVID's been great for leveling us up but sometimes we just get so busy doing the business that we actually forget to stop and actually have a look okay well if our you know consumers are going to research us what is it that they're going to be seeing and this was kind of like an eye-opening moment for you in the fact that, you know, you, I guess, essentially have been using the same profile pic. And um, I remember saying to you, Karen, you know, you're this powerhouse woman, you're very, you know, bright and bubbly and very bright, vibrant, but I'm not getting that, you know, from your profile pic. I'm getting a secretary, I'm getting a mum, I'm getting somebody who's kind of mousy, not someone that can put in <laughs> a couple of hundred thousand dollars worth of, you know, of somebody's investment um, in, into you. 
So what really happened, you know, for, for you to kind of change on your social media? Because your social media was the other thing that we also talked about. Do you remember? Yes. Yes. I had lots of fronts of houses. You did because, and you know, to be fair, in a lot of the homes that you sell in Dubbo look relatively similar. So they do. It, yes. it all looks same and same. And there was no Karen on, on social media, which is hilarious because you're the most lovable, likable person um, face to face. So, so Thank what you. did you, what did you actually do? You talked before about doing photo shoots. I mean, how was that? This is not something that you'd ever done before. No. So I, I rang up our photographer who does our house shoots and I said, when I need a hand. And she said, oh, you're sure. And I said, can you just take some photos of me? She went, of you? I went, yeah, just of me, just of me. And she went, oh, yeah, sure. I just need them for, and I said, I just need them for like marketing and things like that. She went, yeah, sure. It'll be fun. And it was, it was a really fun day. And she came to my home and we took a lot of photos just around my home. And, and um, I did a couple of little changes of outfits and things like that. And just developed a bank of photos, which has been really good. So that's only two years ago now. It seems like so much longer. Um, so I've just been using those bank of photos and then occasionally I'll just, if I'm at a photo shoot or something like that, I'll just say, Hey, Wayne, can you take, take a quick photo of me doing this or doing that? So she'll just do some updates. So it's actually been quite easy to update those photos, um, which is good. So I'll have to keep on, I'm actually going to take my own advice and do a few more. So that's been one way that I've been able to collate a, a bank of photos that I can actually actually use in my social media and my marketing. And then obviously I really love quotes. I'm big on quotes. I really like that whole positivity and things like that. So I thought, well, I'm just going to start incorporating quotes into my social media because that's who I'm about. And quite often I can sort of tie it in and give it a, a real estate slant. And then I am um, following your enlightening comment about how boring my social media profile looked. <laughs> I then actually then added in photos of different rooms and things and rooms that I really liked. And then I hoped buyers would actually like and find appealing too. So, so it's a lot more interesting now. I'm also including, particularly during the, the whole COVID time and with all the negative media um, news releases around, I was trying to add some good news in because really here in our local area, things are chugging along really, really well. Um, so all of the national media releases, which obviously primarily are targeted on the capital cities, we haven't had the effect, the same effect. So trying to post lots of positive news, um, items, market updates and things like that. So it's now quite varied. Um, I still do my own social media. I am thinking of obviously getting someone. I think they can certainly do a better job of it than me because, it's not my um, area of expertise, but it's certainly a lot better than what it was two years ago. Hi there, it's me, it's Sherry Stora, and I'm interrupting this interview with a special shout out to my sponsor, ListReady. Now, if you haven't heard of these guys, you need to go and check them out. Head to their website, list-ready.com.au because they are going to change how you look at VPA in this marketplace. And in fact, these guys really are the leading VPA finance solution in Australia. Now, there are a number of common themes that are running right throughout this podcast series, and vendor-paid advertising is most certainly one of them. Now, this is not just because it helps grow an agent's business, but it's really about delivering those exceptional outcomes to our sellers in terms of price and also in terms of timelines. I must admit, I do understand that as an agent, it can often be challenging for an owner to actually find those additional funds to prepare and market their home correctly. And by default, this kind of becomes the agent's issue. 
So I've always used, you know, VPA finance solutions, but I never really found that overall encompassing kind of right option. That is until I heard about ListReady, and now you know why I'm so excited about them. I guess essentially what they do is they, they look at all costs, whether it be renovating, landscaping, marketing, or staging a home right up to $25,000. It's really simple to use, and in fact, at the listing presentation, you grab your phone and you complete an online application form, which literally takes a minute to complete. And within a couple of minutes, once there's approval, the funds will go directly into your trust account. So this is extremely powerful and important because there's no hidden costs, there's no hidden fees for real estate agents. It's really a service that's been bought out of necessity for agents to help their sellers achieve the best possible prices. And in fact, it is actually ListReady's mission statement to actually provide and be the best value for vendors. So look, if you haven't already, go and check out their website, list-ready.com.au, or alternatively, give them a call on 1300 254418. I think the point that you make there about working your own social media is an incredibly important and powerful one because, you know, social media is scary. We don't really know what we're doing. Well, a lot of agents don't know what they're, they're doing, but why it's so important is because you really need to harness your own voice. And this is perhaps one of the biggest fails that I see agents make where they go and they give it to a, a social media manager who makes it completely corporate and tries to make it like the perfect real estate agent. And that's not at all relatable. Whereas I look at yours and even those photos you're talking about, you know, there was one there with the dog. And I mean, that's just you, you know, you're a people person, you're a pet person. <laughs> but I think, you know, that actually to me is very, very smart. Do you think levelling up your social media has made a difference in terms of, you know, the, the properties that you list and sell oh, today? Absolutely. So just the return on, for my owners for a start, like I have definitely sold some properties as a result of my social media presence. Um, just people keep potential purchases, keeping an eye on it, um, them messaging me directly about with questions and things like that. Um, and also potential owners, they're keeping an eye on it too, because we post the results, we, we show them what's happening. We're shown to be an expert and a specialist in the area where we're actually giving information and market updates, telling them how it is. So I really think, like, I don't know of any other medium where you can get messages out there. Obviously, yes, you can boost posts and pay for paid advertising and sponsored advertising, but for free, just to have that platform and that opportunity to actually sell yourself there for free um, you never know who's looking at it at what time of the day so you're forever there and someone can just jump on whether or not it's midnight midday or like first thing in the morning just to see what's happening and to see and as you said just see what sort of person and what a what sort of agent and professional that we are well, the, the message is, is en masse, isn't it? Instead of basically yep. picking up the phone and speaking to one person, you're speaking to hundreds or, or thousands. Exactly. But, you know, in your marketplace, in Dubbo, the average sale price is $365,000. So, you know, you are selling a lot of properties and the days on market are 60 days. And you mentioned yours is half that. So yours is literally 30 days. Now, your bread and butter has always been kind of in this particular market segment. But, you know, one of the... Um, one of the movements that I've seen in your business is that you have been moving slowly into a higher price bracket. So tell us about how you've done this and what price bracket you've sort of now actively been, been chasing. Um, so again, it's like that before and after Sherry thing. I just initially, I think it was just a confidence thing. I um, felt very comfortable in that 
um, 300 to 400,000 bracket as well, even up to five. Um, it was my comfort zone. It was like my security blanket. I knew I could do it. I didn't need to stretch myself and just had a bit of a, a mental block or a limiting belief too that anything say, 550 or 600 and above in the double market was just going to be so much harder and would I know what to say and would I know what to do and which um, looking back I'm just going well it's all you just treat everyone exactly the same and every product is exactly the same that the 600 plus properties might just have a few little different features to promote and to market so initially it was definitely a confidence thing with me and um, a security thing and then of course then catching up with you and you highlighted it I didn't even really realize that I was actually there to be quite honest I was just again just in my own little comfort zone um, trying to work out how to live my best life and then you pointed that out so so uh, that particular year when I um, started working with you, I had listed a home, which we then ended up going and selling for 1.25 million. So which is it was, oh, Yay. <laughs> it was super exciting. So I listed it and then um, my licensee in charge, Graham Board and I both sold it together um, to some people who lived out of town, beautiful people. And up until that point, I, I just am so grateful to that vendor who has actually become one of my good friends and I've now sold her second property and I've then sold another property to her and I'm just about to list another one. So she's gone on to be one of my greatest clients and, um, and a great friend. So I'm so grateful for her just to, have to, just to see that, that the potential in me and to have the confidence in me to list her home for sale. It was a very unique home in Dubbo. Um, at that stage in 2018, it's the highest sale of an advertised property. There was another private sale a bit later on in the year, which was just slightly above that. Um, but to have a sale at 1.25 million, I think really just gave me a bit of a boost and a bit of a shake up as well as what you were saying. And so now I would feel comfortable, I think, selling a property at any particular price point. I think it comes down to really knowing your product, whatever it is that you're selling. It doesn't matter if it's a $200,000 unit or a $1.25 million home. You really do need to know your product. So when someone asks you about the water or the land size or the zoning or whatever, anything, the heating, the type of gas connection, you just need to be able to quote it straight up. So um, yes. I get so frustrated when I walk into or I'm, I'm watching some agents if I go to another area and look at some open homes and people are asking them even just how much are the rates or how big is the land and they just don't even know those answers. So mm. it's really important just to know our products and again, just treating our clients with, with care, with understanding, with guidance, leading them. Those people, for me, in that upper end of the market are exactly the same as the people in the lower end of the market. They're just coming to us for expertise, for leadership, for guidance, and, and especially for kindness as well. So, um, it's, so, again, it really was just a change in my mindset, which has allowed me now to move up comfortably within that bracket. Mm. So I think, you know, you said it very well there. You totally are all over, you know, knowing the details and, and the nitty gritty of, of each individual home and, and literally being a service provider and not just somebody who stands at the front door when you're, mm. you know, doing an inspection or an open home. But the second one was really your mindset and actually having an understanding that you had a glass ceiling that you weren't even aware of mm. and that the market, you know, because you were so almost kind of um, had the blinders on and were only focused on one segment of the market, didn't realise that there were others there. 
do you also think, I think this, this is a really important kind of, um, you know, sale to talk about because quite often it's just one sale that does change your mindset and does change, you know, your direction, your path in your career. This is certainly one of those. But, you know, this vendor has then gone on to obviously sell a few properties with you. Now, tell me, I mean, do you think that her publicly giving you great reviews has made a difference in your business as well? Yes, look, I really believe in the power of reviews with getting feedback, um, it helps generate leads, it helps convert prospects um, and helps obviously attract, attract clients. Um, I really think that they can have a, a massive impact on, your, on the business and the level of business that you're actually doing. Um, not only that, the feedback also shows you how you're going as far as your service, whether or not you need to make any adjustments. And also it just helps you work out what your actual marketing message is. Because it's funny when you look out, read back over your reviews, you can actually generally see a bit of a common theme. So, and it's that common theme that the clients love about you. So once you work out that common theme, it's really something that we should be pushing or promoting or using. So um, yeah, reviews have been a big part of my business leading up until this point. Um, so much so that I've just worked in collaboration with um, with someone in another business and two other you can, agents. You can mention. You can. Okay. You can mention. <laughs> Great. Thank you. So so myself and three others um, have just developed a platform as a way for agents to collect reviews over different areas, not just rate my agent. I love rate my agent. It's been great for me. I've, I'm a rate my agent award winner. So, um, is that really, you Jane? Yes. Yeah. So they're, they're really great and they're doing great things. And I'm very, very grateful that they offer that ability for vendors and buyers to get on there and provide reviews, but not all vendors and buyers are looking at just that one platform. So you really need to have reviews across a variety of platforms. So we've developed, um, uh, an app, so to speak, where agents just simply send out the link with an email or a text message or whatever the case may be to their buyers and their sellers, which then takes them to a variety of platforms where they can provide um, reviews, Facebook, Google, Rate My Agent, um, realestate.com, if they're on Yelp and things like that. So it's just a great way. It's a very simple link. It looks nice and professional. Initially, we just get the feedback from the vendor and the, and the buyer and a star rating. And if it's a negative rating, we then ask for, we obviously get that review or that feedback so we can then act on that and fix it. And if it's a positive star rating, we then ask for the, um, the reviews to then, whether or not they'd be happy to post a review on a selection of sites. Just last weekend, I sent the um, link out to one of my buyers and they ended up, I'm, I don't normally target buyers, but I'm just going to start because of course I'm a part of this development. I, I need to start using it. So I just sent it out to the buyer and they ended up posting a review on two different sites. It just blew me oh, away. Wow. <laughs> so just to be able to easily collect those reviews, I think is a good thing. Mm. Um, mind you, it's not an automatic thing. You could perhaps put the link in with your CRMs with automatic um, messages and emails after exchange but the, it's just a professional looking link um, that enables people to click on it go into this app so then that way they can then get that feedback initially so they know whether or not they need to um, improve their performance mm. get the rating and then of course then take them to those other directly to the agents um, review sites so um, yeah so the, anyway can I mention the address for that particular absolutely so mm. Per agent, it's only $4.95 per month. So <laughs> Do the big sale, I love it. <laughs> just for the cost of a cup of coffee. 
<laughs> um, a month. It's $4.95. And the website is appraise-surveys.com. So it's appraise dash like a dash hyphen surveys.com and all the information's there. It's very easy to sign up. Um, once you sign up, Michael, who is our head guru, he will get everyone up and running and send the link. And then it's just in a matter of, which I think it comes down to a lot of us in real estate. We just have to do it. That's exactly right. We have to implement it and we have to, we have to do it. But I think, you know, what's so great in addition to having this business and we talked about the fact that you're a business owner previous in terms of, you know, having a share of Bob Berry real estate is the fact that, you know, sometimes as agents, we are constantly looking for, you know, the next thing. And we, we often buy in or want to become partners in the brand that we work for because there's that, that emotional tag. So I love the fact that you're now branching out and finding other, other areas to actually fulfill your kind of business needs. But, um, but Jane, I think like Karen, you yourself, you know, have really built this kind of social media following and you've built this brand within a brand and really hyped up your profile. And, you know, I know that the both of you went in and you kind of created your own tiles, your own hashtag, your own logos, yes. and you used, you know, um, Lauren Dragacetti from Just Saying Girls. Um, hi, Lauren, if you're, if you're listening. So I know that this was something that was really key and really important and powerful to you. I mean, how hard was it to do this? It was an investment in, in yourself, um, which you are obviously investing in other areas such as coaching, but how transformational do you feel like this was in your business? Actually, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I have to say, it was a lot of fun. I really liked Lauren. She was a lot of fun to work with. And um, just spending time with her, talking with her, I think she captured who I was, my flavour, my personality in terms of colours, just all of that. So it was a lot of fun. And, and she got things up and running relatively quickly. I was quite impressed with her. It wasn't hard to do at all. But then keeping it going after that, um, while I was at Noel Jones and with my PA. I just had my PA making the tiles regularly, doing quotes, doing all of that stuff. So, and we had a calendar that we followed so that there was content moving all the time. And then I'd slot in little videos here and there, but she had certain content. So it was, it was quite easy to implement. And I think, you know, talking about that calendar is really key because we're talking about the implementation, but it's actually about the planning. And it yes. is a really different skill set to plan to what it is to execute. And sometimes, yes. you know, the lead agent is not necessarily the right person for that. Hence why we have great, you know, great team members. But, you know, you would then use... Um, programs such as WordSwag to then build out the tiles once you kind of had the platform on them. So it was really cost effective then sort of moving, moving forward. And both of you love, love motivational quotes as, as do I. WordSwag, so easy. <laughs> <laughs> but besides these kind of physical changes that I saw, you know, happening on the outside in your business, on social media and having the results and so forth, there were other really big mindset changes that I saw happening here, Jane. And mm. One of which was that when we started working together, your confidence was quite low. You'd been knocked around quite heavily. And yes. we've heard you talk about the fact that you felt that you needed to bring somebody else into listing presentations, that you needed yes. somebody else because you, you just felt like you needed... The crutch isn't the right word, but you felt like you weren't enough to basically provide the service. And at this time, you know, you were always taking somebody else within the business, if it wasn't um, this agent with you on listing presentations. Now, tell us about the journey from doing that to 
going out and doing listing presentations by yourself to gunning them and closing them, you know, 10 out of 10 times? Well, it's really interesting because I think with humans, our personality, I think um, our confidence can change from time to time, depending on the experiences that we've had. So previous to my father and two best friends being diagnosed with cancer, I'm fiercely independent. I like to do things on my own. I didn't start as a PA in the industry. I just hit the ground running and said I can do this and so I did it all on my own and I was listing and selling and, and listing on my own to be honest um, I had some really amazing mentors they were all men and they were all fabulous and then that happened um, and then the broken ankle and then no one would list with me and it hit my confidence terribly and so when I started back with you my confidence was still at an all-time low and it's human to do that I reflect back now and I see that but when you're in it it's not that easy to see so hence one of the reasons I hired you because I wanted to do real estate from heart find myself do it differently and learn to trust myself again although at the time I didn't know that that's what I needed to learn just because of the market in the area that I was in, all of a sudden I had this belief and it was a completely false belief because my confidence was at an all time low that, and at the time also on top of that, the director that had hired me had sold the business. So I'd sort of lost my anchor so that if anything happened, I'd have that anchor to go back to and I'd lost that. So a lot of stuff happened and you know what? When I, you know, I was terrified when you said to break the partnership, I knew it had to happen, step up, we're going to build an EBU, all of that. I was shitting myself. That is the absolute truth of it all. <laughs> but when it happened and I went back in the door and I listed and, you know, we worked on my listing presentation and just fine tuning it to my personality, what my elevator's pitch was, all of that, but just doing it from a natural place and responding to the connection, you know, really being in rapport. I'm very good at being in rapport with my clients. I think that's why I list well, because I don't follow a formula necessarily in the listing presentation. I'm just reading them and it's like a, it's like you're going together. Anyway, and, and then going back there and the first couple of listings because I am I feel blessed I'm really grateful that my appraisal like an A appraisal to list has always been quite high but you forget that when your confidence is broken when shit happens and then getting back in there and just doing it and then listing it was like all of those false beliefs are like cross cross <laughs> bullshit excuse me, allowed to say, but it's just a story that you've been telling yourself, telling yourself and then you just get back in it and then your confidence builds and builds because my personality is actually really quite strong and independent i can be extremely fierce um but then i can be also very soft and so it's that polarity that plays out in personality and just yeah, um, I couldn't have done it without you. Huge thanks. And I just needed a guiding, you know, a guiding light yeah, to get you, me back on track. 
Well, you you certainly were all there, and you can certainly see that you've studied psychology because you do do understand that incredibly well. But it really was these gradual, you know, small wins and these small steps and the building up of the GCI that yes. really kind of changed the mindset. And I think sometimes Absolutely. it's hard when you're in a tough place to kind of see yourself out of it. And it just starts really, really small with that one kind of first win, and then it kind of and it you just know, keeps going. It keeps no going. Goals. And you've got no time to think about the stories that are going on in your head, you know. You've got, you're busy and you just keep going, 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 going and people are ringing you, people are ringing you, which is a, a point I really wanted to sort of focus on in this conversation because I've heard Karen talking about it and you talking about it. It's about being a human. It's about treating people humanely. It's about providing a service, being there, constantly being there for, in their face, but as a way that we're giving, we're providing a service, we're providing information. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. So that, you know, this is prospecting. It's different from picking up the phone and going, you know, are you thinking of selling? It's, you know, are you thinking of making a move? So that when it's time, it's a completely form of different form of prospecting. They just pick up the phone and they ring you. Yeah, you know, I listed one two nights. Yeah, I, I listed one two nights ago, and it's a cranker. Everyone would want this listing, Montalbert North, twelve hundred square meters, twenty two meter frontage, high side of the road, views north facing backyard, and this is a reticent person that just I've I've known him, I've seen him. He tracks everyone. He comes to all of my unit, all of my units over the past five years. And I know that before I walked in the door, just because of our previous conversations, I had the listing. And that's because I treated him like a human. Mm. I love what you say here, because essentially you went into that listing presentation in pole position. It was yours to lose, not yours to win, if that kind yeah. of makes, makes sense. And I think, you know, it was also this, this story about being a human and removing this kind of perfect kind of notion of what a real estate agent is, where everyone hates real estate agents and doesn't trust them. And we know that because it happens time and time again, every single year when these kind of surveys come out, we're always at the bottom as the least trusted profession. But we are going to change that. <laughs> we are. We're on. A, we're all on a mission. But you know, I think it is also these um, moments, and you talk about here of recognizing how happy you made your buyers and your sellers by providing a service and being a human. Yeah. And you know, I'll never forget this. That you know, I remember one of your clients even gave you a Louis Vuitton bag, right? Yes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> it's here. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. So, I mean, this, I love it. <laughs> so this is what really happens when you kind of trust yourself and you actually sit in your power. And as you say, Jane, and you talk yeah. about this a lot, is that you really, you know, embrace the authentic you, trusted yeah. your intuition and stepped into your own power. Correct? Correct. And it's been amazing. You know, and you still continue to have your ups and downs and, and that is okay. But for me, I've got a sign at, um, at work. I'm, I'm at home at the moment. This is my kitchen, dining, living area. And it says, and when I first started at Fletcher's, everyone was like, what does that mean, Jane? And it says, are you home? And what that is, I see it and I've got it in red and it reminds me to stay true to myself, stay in my core, stay authentic, stay me because you can get so caught up in, in, you know, 
all this other stuff and trying to be something. And I find when I'm me, when I me and I'm there for my client, whether it's a buyer, whether it's a seller, they'll they'll feel safe. And when they feel safe, and like Karen said, you know, we're there as experts. We're there as experts to lead and to provide a service and to provide solutions and 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 guide them along the way. And if we do that, our business grows. Mm. Well, I love, I mean, we're all on the same path here. And I think that there are so many people in our industry who feel exactly the same way. We just need to be making more noise. And we are seeing that more and more. And, you know, I'm really excited even about the RISE conference this year, because mm. again, we're seeing a lot of other like-minded people like ourselves and like those that are listening who feel the same way. We are actually not about transactional orientated. And, and yes, that's important for us to make money and for us to achieve our goals, but it's actually about providing a service and getting, you know, heart feels as a, as a result of that and enjoying our job. But, you know, Karen, I think um, there's a time, well, actually, there's a time when you talked about, even you talked about when we first originally started this conversation where you had literally kind of worked yourself into the ground. You were sick and you had a lot of things kind of going on. And, you know, you essentially were trying to do everything and you were trying to please everybody. And I think this is very common for both men and for women, particularly when you're service providers, where you like to please people, where all people, people pleasers. But this was a massive mindset uh, shift for you, actually stepping away from this. And, you know, I really want to ask you now, how difficult was this to acknowledge, number one, and to actually implement and to make changes around kind of dropping this and, and trying to step out of this stress? Um, so I'm a workaholic, which I think, again, most um, hardworking agents are. So I'm a workaholic. I have a very strong work ethic. And for quite some time, um, I was putting work first which again, I look back on, um, it, my children obviously are hugely important to me. And that's one of the beauties of, of our industry is that we can work flexibly and we can go to school events and things like that. But then I'd get home and I'd still be working and working until quite late. And then of course, just trying to get some dinner for everyone and yes, yes, yes. And trying the quick conversations rather than actually stopping and listening and talking to them. So they were really suffering. I know obviously my health was suffering. Um, some personal relationships were suffering. And it wasn't until I think I got whacked on the head. Well, first of all, um, in 2014-15, I knew then that I couldn't keep going on. I just was unhappy. Basically, I was just really unhappy. I think there was Steve Jobs in one of his um, Harvard addresses or something said that if you wake up every day, if this is your last day on earth and you were thinking this isn't what I want to do. And if you have a lot of days like that, well, you need to change. So that's how I was feeling back then. So that's when I took the year off. Then coming into 2018, um, like obviously I was sick. I had all these other signs around me that my life wasn't working, but I just felt that overwhelmed. I just had so much going on at that time and there was no time and I was busy with work and I was in demand, which, I mean, really, that's what we all aspire to as a real estate agent. We want to be in demand and we want to be busy. But I think it's really important that we have, as you said, those systems and procedures in place and even boundaries in place. So then that way we can actually cope with it. 
so um, obviously meeting you, as I said, um, made a big difference to my business and personal life. And you helped me work through, it was only the business things, but also some personal things too, which I'm, I'm really grateful for. Um, you were just a great sounding board and mentor. And, and sometimes too, we just need someone just to go, hey, is what I'm feeling okay? And is this normal? And should I do this or should I do that? And is it wrong for me to do this? And so just someone just even to use as a sounding board as well as a mentor. Um, and then from then it was just really a gradual thing, although that you pointing out to me again, very blatantly that I needed to start taking some time off. And again, I was just that scared of losing control by <laughs> taking time off um, and that I wouldn't be able to keep up to it. And how can I do it? And so um, I took that month off and just even taking that month off was just again, enabling me to step back and get a clear head. So even to the point that this year already, this financial year, I've already had six weeks off. Um, and, and that's that's like holidays. Oh, actually, it's probably about seven weeks. And then the whole COVID thing, I've kept working through it and certainly kept up to date with clients and have touched base with clients. But I haven't really been pushing um, I haven't been pushing anyone. Obviously, I don't think now it's the time to be pushing anyone. But I haven't been pushing myself either. I thought I'm just going to be kind to myself during this time too and just be here at home in my tracksuit with my hair not done and work. <laughs> well, that was one of the conversations that we had because I know that there had been a lot of talk in the industry. And look, we're coming out of the disruption phase now, but there had been a lot of talk in the industry about you know, really kind of getting into it and trying to do the virtual appraisals and trying to get people to list and list and sell, which is, you know, perhaps people, I don't think people are, are dummies. And I think that the marketplace really knows what, what's going on. We don't need to treat them like they're, like they're simple and they're stupid. So, you know, this was a great time. And I know most of my agents that I worked with, I just told everyone, just chill out, like have a bit of a rest. And Jane, we had the same conversation too, because it was just an anxious kind of time and moment and you know the agents who have done all of the hard work and the preparation over a number of years in fact I was even just speaking to Helen Austin um, from Toowoomba today about exactly this you know she's coming back fierce and fine in another regional city um, because of the work that has been done but it's been really nice to kind of have a bit of a rest and reevaluate and think what's important in life and I love the fact that you've taken so much time off while still selling a huge amount of properties, you know, is a real testament to you. And it goes to show that you can actually have this balance in life if you are systemized and you're, and you're structured. So look, the, the two of you actually spoke last year at my Women in Real Estate Breakfast series, which was a huge monstrous kind of series <laughs> that took on a life of its own. Oh my gosh, I don't know that I'm signing up to do that again in a hurry. But, you know, we had 1,200 agents that, you know, that came throughout four different cities and four different states. Now, Karen, you spoke in Brisbane and Jane, you spoke in Melbourne and it was yes. difficult because neither of you had spoken on stage before. No. And <laughs> and for me, you know, I really, really wanted to, you know, to highlight both of both of you. So what was that experience like speaking for the first time? I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> it was an absolute buzz. And the topic that you gave me was something that was really, really close to my heart. So very easy to talk about. Um, it was uh, talking about women um, 
female auctioneers. Talking about female auctioneers, is there is there a role for them to play? Are they better than men or women? Of course, I think they're not. They're both being two completely different things to the table, and it's something that's an industry we can tap into depending on what client is there. So it was it was a lot of fun. There was great people. Um, there that I was speaking with and getting to meet them was amazing and it was a segue for me to be invited to join the REIV auction chapter committee which is a two-year post which I started this year so I cannot thank you enough um, that invitation would never have happened so well, yeah it was a buzz it was a lot of fun <laughs> oh, but I did I prepped I prepped I prepped I you prepped. did and, and you did a particular um, you did a great job actually but you did all the hard work here and you know as a direct result of that you're now doing other speaking particularly at Fletcher's you've had a number of different invitations and opportunities haven't you? Uh, yes, I've done. Yes, I've done a few speaking gigs for Fletchers now, and <laughs> I've done some videos for them. And um, I'm really, really thankful. I've done um, called auctions for other people before, but that was because someone else couldn't turn up. And not this weekend. The following weekend is my very first. Um, auction that I've been actually invited to do because one of the agents who doesn't call auctions at, at Fletcher's asked me to do it. So I, love that. I, I called an auction a couple of a weeks ago um, and that was terrifying for me <laughs> simply because it was the first um, it was the first Saturday that auctions had opened back up in mm. Melbourne um, and with our legislation around COVID. And the, the vendor was the top auctioneer for the Queensland government for a number of years. He's auctioned everything. He's called like 5,000 auctions. And I said, oh, why did you ask me? I'm terrified. I was really terrified. <laughs> but it went okay. It went really well. A lot of work managing Ollie, having 10 people there and all of that. But yeah, yeah. So something that I love doing. So I don't mind getting up in front of people and speaking. It's pretty much fun. Well, well, you did do a great job and, and I know you really did prep very hard for, for yes. that. And, and again, that's also where you invested your time and energy. And Karen, I mean, you really leveraged this opportunity of, you know, building your profile. And, and, you know, part of the reason why I invited you both was not only because I think that you're amazing women, I knew that you do a good job, but also too, I wanted to help grow and build your profile and edify you in the industry and in your marketplaces. You. And Karen, mm. you did a really good job leveraging this. Tell us exactly what you did. Oh, thank you. No, thank you again for the opportunity. So it was oh. just, and it really did, um, I think, add to our, our personal brand and our profile. It just really yeah. added so much credibility to who we are and that someone obviously of your stature would even ask us to participate in something like that um, at Capital Cities with a lot of high-performing elite agents in the both in the audience and on stage. So that was yeah. incredible. So um, I did that obviously via social media, also just letting my clients know. I also did a social media release too, which was great, which went out locally. Um, and also a media release and you then had an article in the in the paper as yes, well. Yes, in the you? paper. Like yes, yep, yep. So we had a mo uh, an article in the local newspaper and we also put in an article into the domain real estate newspaper, which we have, which is like the insert where all of our listings, it's like the real estate newspaper in, in Dubbo. So 
um, that in itself. So then I actually would ha have people coming up to me in the street and going, wow, congratulations. And isn't this great? And, and some of them I didn't even know, but again, it's that whole photo. You just don't know who's looking, when they're looking, um, who they're talking to. So um, yeah, so it was like, it was pretty special. Like I, it was really nice just for people to um, stop and say hello and, and recognize me and, um, and to congratulate me and then afterwards ask me how it went. So, um, yeah, it was a, a really big deal for a country girl to be up there <laughs> on stage with those industry greats. Oh, um, yeah. well, you, well, you did do a good job. And, I mean, there were heavyweights. They were pretty big yeah. <laughs> stages. But, you know, Karen, you were up against people like John Cunningham, Dane Atherton, Susanna Tube. I mean, it, it was pretty hardcore. Sonia Andrew Coronas. Yeah. Andrew Coronas, who I yeah. caught up with yesterday. He's such a machine. So, you know, there was... Big heavy hitters on there, and you really did hold your own. But afterwards, <laughs> you kind of had a bit of a moment because I thought you did brilliantly. But can we just like talk honestly for a moment? You did have a moment afterwards, right? Oh, I had a moment the whole day. I was suffering <laughs> from imposter syndrome the minute I woke up that day. I'm in my head, like, what is Sherry thinking? <laughs> what am I here for? Oh, I can't believe this. And I was so determined not to use notes because I wanted you to be, you to be proud of me. So I purposefully didn't read the notes. And then, of course, then at the end of it, I'm like, I didn't say everything I wanted to say. And why didn't I say this? And I could have said this better. And my inner critic just went crazy. So um, I was just feeling really inadequate and insecure. And mind you, all of these industry greats that we're talking about, they're beautiful people. Like... John Cunningham, honestly, you couldn't find a nicer person, could you? Like, he is just a gem. So, and Susanna Toop's beautiful. Like, they were all gorgeous. So, um, obviously, no one had any idea that I'm just bashing You hit it myself. very well. You did. Yeah. You hit it very well. I'm bashing myself and ended up giving myself a migraine. And then I went up to say goodbye to you. And, like, and you'd had a massive day yourself. And, and I just went, oh, my God, I've just got to go. Like... <laughs> I'm so un I'm so unhappy with how I spoke, and I wish I had done done this and done this. And then you're like, what? And <laughs> no, I mean, to this day, people still talk about you on that stage. Oh well, I'm so thank you for saying that, and thank you to them for saying that. But uh -huh. I think again, um, I, and I, I, it's been a really good learning opportunity, obviously, for me in a number of ways. Firstly, just to have that, like mini breakdown or an anxiety attack and just to even feel that sort of insecurity honestly our, our vendors must feel that way every time we go to list a property like they're going through that same emotion so i can generally i can certainly empathize with um their concerns and their insecurities <laughs> and and all that sort of thing but also too um when i looked back because of course even after i left they might in the critics going crazy like why did you why did you hate like why did you feel that way but I think it's because we care. Like when we genuinely yes. care about um, getting getting a result um, and doing a good job, that's why we do well. It's because we care so much. So yes. I've um, learned now that when my inner critic starts to click in, I can just go, yeah, well, that's because you care, Karen. It's not so bad. Settle down. Take a breath. So advice. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, of course, then you ask me to speak in Sydney. 
So I think this was important. And I, I have to just sort of say here that, you know, a lot of agents who do speak on the stage are very uncomfortable around it because this is not what we do for a living. We actually list sell negotiate and market homes. So suddenly speaking in front of a whole lot of people is, and especially peers that are judging you is very, very daunting. So I think it is, you know, whilst it's something that we aspire to, while it's something that we can use to really build our profile and our brand to create attraction businesses and become power agents, it's also something that is extremely scary. And I think this second opportunity of you speaking in Sydney, I mean, how did you feel about getting on that stage? Because you introduced me in Sydney. Yes. So how did you feel about that second time round? Um, I was just really um, a, a completely different mindset going into it. Like I was still nervous. And I think if someone says that they're not nervous, again, that shows that they don't care. So I was certainly still very nervous, but I was more, I was very determined. Um, I knew what I was going to say and nothing was going to stop me from saying it. Like I, I knew what the game plan was. Um, and I think too, perhaps going, because honestly, your events are like nothing I've ever been to before. Oh, they're amazing. Yes. So <laughs> even that, like I was honestly like a deer in headlights at Brisbane, like just everything, the champagne, everything was amazing. So not that I drank anything because my mouth is that dry, I couldn't. Um, <laughs> but it's just, it's incredible. It's beautiful. Your events, besides being enlightening and informing and, and educating, they're actually beautiful as well. So yes. Um, I was certainly like, I felt like I was a fish out of water at Brisbane. But by the time I got to Sydney, which again, wow, that venue at the Ivy was incredible too. Um, and the balloons by Fancy Schmancy. Do you remember how beautiful yes. the balloons were cascading yes. up that staircase? Oh my God. Hi, yes. Katie, by the way. Another yeah. one of my coaching clients. Gorgeous, gorgeous. <laughs> Great job. So I think walking into it, I knew more of what to expect. Um, I had prepared and prepared. And, and again, it was just that different mindset. And because I'd already talk to myself and obviously um just to try and get that in a critic under control by the time i actually got up there on stage in sydney i was ready to roll so and i wanted to prove myself and i wanted to prove it to myself too like going outside my comfort zone and proving to myself that i could do it comfortably so i was really grateful for that opportunity for me um personally to prove it to myself but obviously also to um just to yeah show everyone else that i could do it as well well you did do a very very good job and you know i as i said i thought you did a remarkable job in in brisbane and i think all of us at some point you know do suffer from imposter syndrome myself included but you know in sydney i had two people that directly came up to me afterwards and both you know i don't know if i've i've shared this with you i think i may have but you know leanne pilkington obviously came up and just, you know, really sang your praises mm. and Thomas McGlynn. And they were like, this is a regional agent who has, you know, never spoken on stage except for this one other occasion. Like just so, you know, really in yourself, I, I hope that there's many more opportunities for you, Karen, because mm. I really think that you are such a remarkable agent and your story about being a regional agent just because you're from Dubbo doesn't you don't always have the same opportunities that the capital city agents have so I really hope that you do get a, a few more because you are a brilliant speaker and I think you've got a really important voice thank you but so look, much thank you and thank you to Sherry and Thomas uh, to, sorry, to um Leanne. to Leanne and Thomas too <laughs> so that is so kind of them and I have actually yeah. spoken with Leanne since too like I know, I know. Gee, Little, she's great opportunity amazing. in that one that yeah, one there she's amazing 
But I think, you know, the two of you have really been on a journey over the last couple of years and now at a different point where you're looking differently at your life, where you've gone from, okay, I want to build my best life. And I don't know that anyone can ever say, I've 110% built my perfect ideal mm -hmm. life. In my life, I must admit, it's pretty good, but there's still one, you know, thing that's not quite right. I know you two know what I'm talking about <laughs> um, with having a, having a family. But, you know, you're both now looking um, with a different set of lives in terms of your um, different set of eyes in terms of your lives and your careers. What's next for, for the both of you? Jane, let, let's start with you. What's, what's next, you know, in terms of building your best life, both <laughs> in your career and externally? Uh, one of the things in that I... a few I... bullet points I should mention. We're getting close on time. Bullet points. <laughs> bullet points. Um, Getting through COVID in Melbourne, getting through COVID in Melbourne successfully at the moment while keeping everyone's mental health. I've got five kids <laughs> working from home, keeping everyone's mental health. So keeping my business chugging along. I think um, Melbourne's been, it's quite tough here getting listings at the moment. So I want to be able to, that's my focus right through until sort of spring. I think spring business is going to take care of itself. I've got a feeling there's going to be a lot of listings um, come spring. But in the meantime, it's about focusing, making sure that my family's healthy and happy, my boss is healthy and happy, <laughs> my husband's you know, healthy and happy and just getting right through and, and, and I'm healthy and happy. So, yeah, that's my Love focus it. right now. Love it. And what about you, Karen? What's, what's your, what are you sort of looking forward to, you know, more so in the future? So I think um, my journey to this point has actually probably given me more confidence to actually say no more often. Um, I was never one to say no. So I was the yes girl, even in the office. Yes, I can help. Yes, I can do that. Although I haven't really been doing that so much this last um, year or so because I've been so busy. But um, I just find that by, by being the yes person, you do get swamped. Um, and there's only so much time and so many things that you can do. So just putting stricter limits on my time and I'm actually and you noticed it I think at the end of last year Sherry I actually put up a post to say that my books were closed for the end of last year because I knew I'd reached that limit where if I took on any more listings there was no way that I was going to be able to firstly take time off over Christmas and also cope and be able to give my clients the service that they deserved mm -hmm. so I'm actually going to continue doing that um, just once I get to a particular limit I'm just actually going to say look I'm sorry um, in order for me to give you the service that you deserve I'm actually booked out at the moment if you'd like to wait how many weeks I'd love to help you then so um, and are people are you finding people are waiting for you they are which is again I was going to say which is surprising but I think I've just come to the point now again which started with you encouraging me to take time off because I just really had that, um, I suppose, that lack mentality. I was scared and fear, fear mentality that I was scared that if I took time off and, and everyone saw that I wasn't working, um, even taking a day off. Like now I take a day off. Like who would have thought like before that? Oh, gee whiz. So, um, and it hasn't made any difference at all to my bottom well, line. If, so. If if anything, your impact is so, so much greater, really, because you're taking time off and quite a bit of it. You've had seven weeks off, as you've said, this this financial year, and you're still 
writing writing the business, you know. And I think it does come as an industry. We do have this kind of guilt and this kind of fear of, of loss and losing a listing and losing a sale. But people will wait when you actually have demonstrated your quality of human being, but also quality and professionalism as an agent. So, you know, it's a, it truly is a, a testament to, to you. So thank you. Well done. <laughs> so look, ladies, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. And, you know, for sharing with us how you have really been, you know, working towards building your best life and how you are doing that. Um, if people want to follow and continue following your journeys, where will they find you, Karen? So I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. So if they just search for Karen Chant um, or Karen Chant Real Estate Agent, Real Estate, one of those things. So they're sure to find me. There's not many Karen Chants around. So <laughs> Awesome. And Jane? Jane, same thing on Instagram, Facebook. I've got a Facebook page and also on LinkedIn, uh, Jane Caulfield Real Estate or just search Jane Caulfield. Love it. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Thanks Thank so you. much for having us. It's Thank time. you. Thank you. Very grateful. Thank you. So again, another cracker show. I have absolutely loved today because not only have we talked about skill sets, we've talked about sales systems and structures and really how to leverage your listings and results, but also how to build your own profile. But we've also talked a little bit about that underside of, of real estate and the one that no one really kind of talks about. And I'm so grateful today to Jane and Karen for showing their authentic self and being brave enough to talk about the good times in their careers, but also the more challenging times. So ladies, thank you so much for being a part of the, the podcast series. And while I'm giving away thank yous, I would love to thank my amazing sponsor, List Ready, for making all of my podcast dreams come true. So thank you so much. Now, tune into next week because I am going to have a five-minute tip where I share all the things that I have learned throughout my career and how to work and use your social media to truly level up your real estate business. The following week, so in a fortnight's time, I'm going to be interviewing social media queen Stevie Dillon from Stevie Says Social. Now, Stevie is somebody who has absolutely grown her business absolutely monstrously and massively. She, yes, is a social media queen and has previously run her own social media um, courses and, and agencies and she now works to help businesses not only build their profiles but also build their followings through the use of podcasts. She may have also been instrumental in helping me determine my strategy moving forward in this one. So tune in for that episode. And if you are keen to truly harness your real estate career and build your best life by implementing proven sales systems and structures, by on top of that, you know, really working through and building your own celebrity profile, by learning how to build your own team and EBU whilst working less and making more profit, then tune into this podcast and subscribe so that you get notified every single Tuesday when the episodes go live. And remember, if you do want to take things to another level, please go and join my, my Build Your Best Life coaching program, which comes complete with the success manual. This truly will revolutionize how you work and how you do business. Right now, it's super important that you reset, you refocus, and you kind of restart your, your business. Now, this book, this system, this structure will absolutely help you to do that. And it will really take your, your revenue and your profit and your GCI to another level whilst giving you more accountability, trackability, and also freedom. So if you want more information on that, head to my website, sherrystora.com 
forward slash BYBL. And remember, I'm also giving away a freebie, so check out my website for that. But look, if you want more information on today, if you want more, um, more knowledge, if you want to find out where you can find Karen and Jane, then head across to sherrystora.com forward slash the number 12. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you.